0: Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: Okay. Right here. It says right here in this, this account we have $401,000.
0: Jackpot. Nope.
2: Uh, that says you have a 401k account. If you liquidate that right now, you'll have, you know, maybe
1: $5,000. So what happened to the other $396,000?
2: What is wrong with the two of you?
1: Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. i'm joe's mom's neighbor doug and it's national work like a doug day which i guess means beer in hand no pants and in commercial break increments today we're asking the question how much complexity is actually worth your time when it comes to managing your money to help we welcome a cfp from live wealthy don dalby and from lenpenzo.com it's father time himself (laughs) He's way too young for this topic, so we pulled in Len Penzo. Also gracing us today is our esteemed show writer and the author of all the best financial writing out there, probably read every week by the Pope and all the leaders of the free world from powerhousewriters.com, Paulette Perhatch. But that's not all. I've been working like a tug on trivia question that's going to stump them all. And now, a guy who knows how to help you work those dollars, Joe Salcihi. Hey,
0: everybody, and a happy Friday to you. I am Joe Salcihi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And I am so excited uh, for this topic because we are talking about financial simplicity. When does it make sense to be more complex with your money? When does it make sense to just... Maybe, maybe make it a little bit more concise and as Doug, you uh, so eloquently told us, we've got a fantastic team with us today to help talk about it. So let's meet all of them. First of all, deep under Los Angeles, it's the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Lempenzos here. How are you, man? I am doing wonderful, Joe. How are you, sir? Well, I am great. I'm so ready for this topic. I know you're a guy that, uh, well, even though you're an engineer, I bet that you're not a big fan of complexity.
3: Of course not. I mean, uh, you never want complexity if you can keep it simple, right? Keep it simple, stupid. That that does have a, a lot of uh, virtuosity to it.
0: But you and I have met our share of engineers, Len. Let's be let's let's be honest. That seem to embrace complexity.
3: Yeah. Well, there there are those out there that they uh, they love those Rube Goldberg things, where the you know those weird machines that do all kinds of weird things to get to a, a final uh outcome but uh yeah you you really want to avoid that if
1: you have like every engineer in germany right right (laughs) exactly yes but the trains do run on time
0: doug the train does does run on time and speaking of on time paulette perhatch is here it's about time Mm -hmm. we have you live on youtube with us how are you Doing
4: good. Yeah. Here in Seattle, getting ready to move to Florida. So lots of craziness.
0: Talk about simplicity. I like the fact for those people not joining us uh, live here on YouTube, we were remarking about how amazing the the pool is in your background and how incredible it was. And then Paulette went and put her hand right through it because unfortunately that's all fake.
4: It was the one available. I don't know if there had been like an alpaca farm, I would have put that on. Was, so this was literally one picture knew it. Picture was they
1: virtual have. right away because there's <laughs> sunshine in that virtual background, and she's in the Pacific Northwest. And so that's how I knew it was fake.
4: It's very nice today. It's actually going to be
0: really hot. That's uh, not good in Seattle. We go there not for the really hot. Of course, you guys had a, a horrible yeah. summer last year with some of that heat up there in the Pacific Northwest. It was ugly. Oh, yeah. But a woman who I think lives with the heat. Because I think I think she's in Arizona, joining us for the third time. CFP Don Dolby's back. How are you? I am good. Can you hear me? We can
1: hear you. You can hear me. And guess what? I'm
2: the. We're late because of me. Because it's so hot here. I mean, today it's. I think 113 degrees here. In Scottsdale, Arizona. So I've been sitting in my chair in the air all day long, trying to log on so we could come live to you today.
0: You know what though, Don? <laughs> I feel bad. You didn't get the links until lately, but we do know this. We know you bring it every time anyway. So it doesn't really matter, does it? It
2: doesn't matter. It's a gift to be here
0: with you, Joe, and your team. And I'm super excited to talk about this topic. It's the to gift it's a gift to have you here. By the way, as a certified financial planner, you know how yeah, I mean, people, people lose their minds over how complex they think that money can be. And I feel like every time I see you doing any type of interview, you talk about how much easier it is than we think it is. Like we try to make it too complex.
2: We do. I think so many times people that have a scarcity mindset, they get so caught up in the three cents here, the $2 here. So it's really changing your mindset and what's really important to you and the stage of the game you're at in your wealth
0: building journey. And you work with people all over the United States, right? I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk complexity to here. We've got, we got Don Dalby. We've got Len Penzo. We got Paulette Perhatch. We got my mom's neighbor, Doug. But before we get into it, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. Insure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Stackers, It's Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend, Nord, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do. A shout out to, he is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want them to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh here's a disclaimer, you got to join open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it, Stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit Navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things. They offer 24-7 help for the US-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to Navy Federal. Dot org for full terms conditions and other offers Navy even Federal is insured by NCUA equal housing lender all right let's get this party started shall we today's piece comes to us from one of my favorite blogs uh, can I retire yet both Darrow and uh, Chris. Uh, The two gentlemen that write this blog, it's mostly Chris Mamula, who also wrote, by the way, the Choose FI book, do a great job of diving into complexity. And uh, Darrow wrote this particular piece, Financial Simplicity... What is your time worth? And so we're going to dig into this. When does it make sense to actually get a little bit more complex? When does it make sense to keep things easy? I want to start off with this idea, Mr. Penzo Darrow dives into this idea of diminishing returns. He says the diminishing returns for maximizing your wealth stems from the additional account statements and tax forms that rising time cost affects people in different ways. Some seem to relish the effort. Others like me find it onerous in the extreme it all comes down to your affinity for paperwork and the value you place on your time. So here's here's my question, Len. You agree with that? People want to have diversification. We want to have accounts at a few different places. Is there a diminishing return to that complexity? You know,
3: obviously, there's something called marginal utility, right? Where there's things that there comes a point where you do so much of it that it, the payoff is is not worth it anymore. But things are so automated nowadays. I mean... Like having extra accounts and stuff like that, to me, I don't see the burden there. It's just not like you have to sit there and, and do all this paperwork and figuring out um, things for yourself. It's just things are so much more automated that I think that totally overcomes the, the marginal utility issue that I think he's referring to.
0: Well, that's done. I, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking it's it's fairly easy to set up a dashboard now that even if I have – accounts at a few different places with technology. Can I make it so it aggregates and it takes out some of this, uh, onerous paperwork he's talking about?
2: Yeah, we have clients. We as an aggregator, um, in our business and you can see any asset at any level, at any firm, at any time, assuming the links work, <laughs> assuming that, you know, you don't have a technology issue. Like who has technology issues ever. Right. So anyway, um, I think. Yeah. So for the most part, most part, you can have an aggregator look at everything. But here's the thing I say, like, why? What is the point? Like, why do we need to have assets at Vanguard, at Schwab, at Fidelity? And typically a lot of times my clients are like, well, because it gives me better safety and it really doesn't. Like I always say, have all the kids in the backyard, like have all your assets in one spot Because all these bigger custodians like a Schwab or Vanguard, I mean, they protect your assets up to, I think it's literally like 150 million per client. Uh, There's just no reason to have this extra, I don't think there's extra reason to have accounts in extra areas for only a, like a protection when it's that's just a made-up thing in our minds. Does that make
0: I, sense? No, it does, because I think what the average person doesn't understand, Don, is that you can have uh, mutual funds, let's say, or exchange-traded funds that are with different companies and still have them all at Schwab or have them at Fidelity or have them at wherever the place is. Like these these companies deal with all these different firms, so you can have different firms and still have one statement.
2: Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, Charles Schwab is the biggest custodian out there that you, know, you can hold – millions of different assets there and i think the reason why people want their assets in different homes or different custodians is just because they feel like what if there was fraud or what if something happened to my account but those those accounts at the bigger custodians are all protected
0: there is this worry though paulette that you know that well there's a different worry and that is that I'm going to lose track of some of my funds. (laughs) Like when I'm, when I'm looking, when I'm looking at what Darrow's saying, I do remember an account that I didn't do exactly what Don's talking about. And it was at this other firm. I forgot about it for like four years. Now, on one hand, that was the best Mm -hmm. thing that ever happened because I didn't touch it. I let it just grow. And it was worth a hell of a lot more when I finally rediscovered it, that it was this little tiny, Mm -hmm. had been this little tiny Roth IRA. And then it was a much bigger Roth IRA. Do you ever worry about that? Do you worry about maybe accounts getting lost, like sheep getting lost?
4: I literally have the same 401k that I had like in college. I have like five. And for some reason, this is my paperwork Achilles heel. Like, I cannot make myself combine all of them. And you know, if the limit, if they protect up to 150 million, then like, then I really only need two. So I shouldn't be good there.
0: <laughs> so I don't know why. It's like, I it it looks, like, looks like it took Doug just a second to get that joke. Just a second <laughs> or, or understand just what a brilliant but, investor Paulette is. One or the other.
4: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a YNAB fan. I'm all in on YNAB, but yeah, it is like sometimes your accounts get unlinked and then you, you know, have to relink them. So yes, I would really love to get them down and get more simplicity because some of them are so old that you're like, you know, when you're such a nomad, like I am moving jobs, it does feel just more simple, fewer accounts, I know it's not as complicated, but I think you can use one of those things you think would never happen. But you're like, no, it, it does happen.
0: But even with fewer accounts, you can have fairly complex stuff, right? And there's some of these ads mm. that you read or that you hear where they're telling you about these exciting things that you can do with your money, but you really don't, you know, the average person doesn't quite get it. I want to read what Daryl writes next. He's He talks about the complexity tax. He says, what's your threshold for financial complexity? How much extra money do you have to make to justify adding accounts or other financial baggage to your life? So even if we, even if we put them all in the same statement, Paulette, like, do you think about that? About how, how simplified do I want this to be? So I understand it. So I stick to my plan. Mm
4: -hmm. I mean, if I didn't have any, you know, no, if. Having my net worth would be very simple if I didn't have any credit cards, you know, didn't have other things. And so I think, yeah, having, I would really like to, I think, especially after reading this article, kind of like made it a goal to be like, okay, I need to simplify and I want it to be, you know, just an easier thing to look at and to know. And one thing I loved was how he said, like, it can distract you from the important areas of your savings rate, your investment allocation, and your net worth. So I think it's also about setting up the systems in which you are paying more attention to those things, right? Like, what are you looking at charts of? And, you know, what are you checking in on regularly? And I know, like, I'm not really checking in on my savings rate. I just kind of send the same amount. Meaning, Like, meaning I just... I have not, but it's not like a percentage of my income because my income varies. Oh, you're just setting. Um, a fl-
0: I got it. You, you just. But I like just send f- the,
4: the same amount once a week, so I don't know. You know, I give myself bonuses because I like for work to feel like a game. Sure. So I get you know bonuses and commission, sure. and so I don't know. Maybe my rate is dipped down below ten percent, and I should be bumping it up.
0: You know what's funny is that uh, we do these live here on YouTube. That part isn't funny. We're doing those all summer. That is very serious that we do these. You can join us Mondays at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern to uh, be part of this. Don, I want to read this part, this uh, comment that Dorothy has to you, because I wonder how often you come across this. She writes Somebody who tracks down lost accounts might be a fun episode guest sometime. They could talk about the state databases of abandoned accounts. I don't, I'm not worried about abandoned accounts, but how often do you meet with people? who kind of do what I did where I had this little tiny Roth IRA I had set up a few years ago and totally forgot about it. Like when you're first meeting with people, does that happen a lot? Does that happen a little?
2: It happens a lot. I will tell you uh, when you were just asking this question, one client came to mind is we consolidated all their accounts. You know, they had a little here, a little there, a lot in their 401k. The wife had an account and all said, we started aggregating them together. And it's like, you guys have a million dollars plus a pension. And these are people that were worried about retiring and that they were never gonna have enough to live off of. And it was just so funny. It's just because out of you know, out of sight, out of mind, we forget. I've been guilty of leaving the 401ks where they're at too. But again, it gives you that peace of mind. And I think we all have this negative relationship with money and this emotional relationship with money. And sometimes we just like if we just take the time to to put it all together, you probably have more than you realize. And the other thing, Paula, what I was gonna say too is like when When you leave money left in a 401k or retirement plan, like those accounts are very expensive. Like, you people don't know, know, but if you look at those plan summary descriptions, I mean, you can be paying one to 2% costs in those accounts that you're left, being left behind, and you don't own those accounts. like You don't own a 401k. So all that money should be rolled into one consolidated IRA plan that you own, you have control, and hopefully, if you're
0: working with the right type of professional, the fee should go down. I want to ask you something else here, Don, which is just complexity in the plan. There are times when you work sometimes with people with either a high net worth or they have a high income stream, where things get a little technical, right? They either have, let's say, restricted stock, right? Or stock options plans where they need to, they need to worry about how they're going to take this, this money. Or if they have a huge net worth, maybe it's estate planning, which as you know, can get a little hairy, can get a little ugly. Like, how do you, how do you get it through somebody's head that this complexity is necessary and not scare the hell out of them?
2: You know, I've always gone with the rule of thumb that after you have a couple million in your portfolio, then it can get from an investment perspective, then I think it can get a little bit more complex. Instead of just having an asset allocation where you have a percentage of your money allocated to stock and a percentage allocated to bonds then you know after you have seven figures in your portfolio then you can look at some alternative investing and should you you know should you be investing in some different asset classes which i think is super important for those higher net worth clients that you're describing Joe but i think no matter what net worth you you have whether you just have a couple of thousand dollars or you know you're you're in the seven figure range i think the the biggest thing that people miss the boat on is like looking From, you know, you want to be complex with your investments from a tax perspective because our biggest, our biggest expense in life, even if you have, I have two teenage daughters, by the way, 17 and 18. They're freaking expensive, but my, but your tax brackets are even more expensive than that. And I think people need to get more complex and more proactive planning when you're dealing with taxation at any investment level.
0: Len, when it comes to when it comes to this idea that Daryl presents of of complexity versus your time, where do you kind of draw the line? You know,
3: <laughs> I don't worry so much about complexity versus time. To me, when it comes to financial issues and financial matters, I take as much time as I need to make sure that I'm getting the best returns from, like for example, a tax advantage perspective. When it comes to cashing things in, tax implications, I take plenty of time. I don't look at that as a cost. I think that's well worth. That's that is time that is well spent because the money I or the time I spend looking into that and ways to minimize the tax implications of of certain monetary moves, especially now that I'm retired, that pays for itself. I mean, if you make if you don't if you try to take shortcut, uh, you could cost yourself a lot of money. Inadvertently, So it's real to me, it's time well spent to spend as much time as you need to make sure that you can uh, minimize your taxes. And with all of the automation, again, that's out there, I mean, I'm telling you with the tax software that's out there, I mean, it really does take a huge burden, especially uh, when it comes to your stock investments. Um, I took a loss last year. I am I, um, and I thought I was going to get very complicated when I was doing my taxes, I really wasn't sure what the heck, how that was all going to work. But the tax software did it all for me and made it really totally painless. It it, it did all the calculations for me, and it was really not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So, um, you know, thank God for automation. I, I can't imagine doing this even 15, 10, 15 years ago. I think it would have been a lot more complicated, and I think I'd have been leaning a lot more heavily on my CPA so for a lot of this stuff,
0: well, and Paulette when we talk about automation, I want to ask you about that because I think that there's some ways that you're investing, I'm sure that maybe even fifteen years ago might have been complex. like are you using Robo advisors or any of the any of mm-hmm. any of these platforms that you know have taken things that people would think are complex and made it not complex now?
4: yeah, as far as things being automated, I use automation, even having a recurring calendar appointment for myself is a kind of automation every day, I have my morning money check in. I use raindrop.io, which is a link collective service. So I can just click and say, open all. I open YNAB, I open QuickBooks, I open my credit union's website and I just do a little check-in with myself. And that's a kind of automation where every morning that's what I do. I just get myself centered and make sure nothing's on fire or in the red. And hopefully one day I won't have to be that crazy about it. You know, and it is like, it's the kind of thing where, you know, with my assistant and I, she worked at a dance nonprofit. So she's like, I'm used to it, you know, but I'm like, let's have a little money. So we actually just started a business savings account. We started automating $100 a week there. I also every Monday automate um, my own personal tax or I'm sorry, my retirement investment to go in and also payments on credit cards and things like that.
3: Hey, hey, Joe, can we go around the room? I'm just curious, how many people, how many accounts do people have here? Like how many different brokerage accounts and Boy. 401ks, if you can, oh, it, it, could, could we do, I don't know if you want to, I mean, cause I'm doing that off the top of my head. I have a, I have two f- different Fidelity, accounts. well, actually it's one, but it's combined. So I'll count that as, I have a Fidelity account. I have a, an account with interactive brokers. I have a non-qualified account with Schwab and then I have my 401k um, so I have at least four. Oh, and I have my I have my another pension account. I have five different accounts just
4: myself. I, you know, I don't know about you guys. I probably have more, and I'm sure that if we totaled up the amount, it would be a lot less. <laughs> and here's a question: Now, it's like in is like PayPal. How PayPal holds the money until you transfer it is that a kind of account?
0: And Venmo does the same thing. I didn't count that. Yeah, I was. I would. Oh oh, my goodness! If if the PayPal account is just the two sides of the stacking Benjamin's business, there's two. So I have what five different bank accounts. So you add that to. I finally got that Roth IRA moved over. So I have an M1 Finance account. I have a TD Ameritrade, which is my play money account uh, that I keep separate for a reason, so that I'm, you know, not messing around. I just opened up a. Ethereum account. So I just opened up a crypto account and then I have our big IRA accounts and then a simple IRA account and then Cheryl's 401k account. So how many is that? I think that's, that's
3: like eight or nine. Yeah.
0: I think that's 11. I think it's 11. I think it's a and I just,
3: I, you know what? I just remembered, that I have a treasury.gov account as well with uh, some treasury bonds. So th- it that's makes another me, account. I and have. it makes
0: me think, Don, exactly what you're saying, which is, why the hell don't I have those at like the same account? I opened up at different times. I was doing different things, and now they're spread all over the place.
1: Uh, uh, Doug, how about you? Listening to all of you guys rattle off all these accounts, I realized I think I've mastered this. I um, I have one account. It's my Stacking Benjamins 401k, which I've actually never seen. But Joe assures me that he's loading it and it's and he just sends me a number like he slides a piece of paper across the card table. And he says, this is what you've got in your account. It is so simple. I have no stress.
0: He's confusing the fact that I told him he has a 401k account with him thinking he's got a 401k like he's got $401,000.
1: He just keeps sliding that across the table. <laughs> here's, here's, here's what you got. And I slide across and it says 401k. I'm thinking <laughs> of a
0: number. There it is. There it is. Don, the financial planner, is the mechanic taking her own advice or is the mechanic have things all over the place like I do?
2: No, I I love reading this article today about simplifying. I simplify as much as I possibly can. So everything is at Charles Schwab. I want to ask but you know, this. hold on a But accounts, yes. like there's, like you know, I got a husband. I have, you know, you by law, you have to have different accounts because you can only hold sure. certain assets in certain yeah. accounts. So yeah, I mean, probably like normal between my husband and I, there's probably about ten. But then you add in insurances and you add in savings accounts and you add in all that. You know, I don't know.
3: But I, is I, it really I, that hard? Uh, but it's all uh, on one dashboard. Those, it is all on one dashboard. Yes, yeah. it is. Len? Mhm. I yeah, I'm thinking of all my accounts and it's really not that big of a deal. I track everything. I have a spreadsheet. I keep track of everything on a, on my own, spreadsheet on my abacus. Yeah. But, but, but it's really not that bad. It really isn't. I've never looked at it as a burden at all. When we talk about because you enjoy it,
2: right. So Len,
3: yeah. you enjoy
2: looking at it and having it, you know, looking at your spreadsheet, you are an engineer, right? So that's important to you. And that's how you choose to spend your time. Someone else like, me, wouldn't want to choose my time, you know, looking at all the spreadsheets all the time. I mean, it's just all all what we value. Granted, Mm -hmm. granted.
0: I want to ask one more question before we go to our trivia segment. And in the second half of this, we're going to start solving some of these either problems or perceived problems. But I want to ask about, you know, simplifying this to rules of thumb. Do you think it's important to do the work on your own personal plan in other words, to do this, I think sometimes people think, Don, that that doing your own personal plan is going to be a heck of a lot more difficult than just using some rules of thumb, right? Like the four percent rule, or or some of these rules that tell you that maybe you're in the ballpark. Where do you draw the line there on simplicity versus complexity?
2: Well, of course, I'm biased. I think every single person needs a financial advisor. You know, so I think because I did ask the wrong managers, person that question. <laughs> exactly. But, but here's the thing. Like, go look at Vanguard statistics. Like uh, you should be paying an advisor about 1% of your investable net worth. And that advisor, if they're doing tax planning, a fiduciary CFP should be able to like provide you over 3% back in value. And so to me, hiring somebody for you not to get in the way of your own head. We all have our issues with money, myself included. And I even hire an advisor myself because it makes it more simplistic. It actually shouldn't be costing you anything if you're with the right type of advisor. And I think the other benefit is, well, I think there's two more benefits. I think it's Knowing when you have a financial plan, like that's the only thing that's going to give you certainty of having enough. Like how much is enough? A financial plan does that. And then I also think the last thing is really about, you know, it's about the decisions we make with our money. It's not... Are you in large cap value or large cap growth? It's do you have accounts at fidelity or vanguard? That's not the deal breakers. The deal breakers are the is this thing that we all have that get in the way of our success financially. And I think it's so important to have somebody that's not emotionally tied to your money give you objective advice.
0: Well, I definitely agree with having those people that look at your blind spots. I think that's important. But getting away from that, Len, let's let's just talk about the idea of using rules of thumb versus building a plan that's based on your goal, right? Do we simplify it down all the way to a rule of thumb or is it stickier if we build our own financial plan or is is, is the time versus value not worth it?
3: Well, there's a danger in rules of thumb, right? I mean, there's lots of rules of thumb out there for where you should be at a certain decade in life. Or how you how how fast you should withdraw your money you know what can you, the four percent rule for example which now seems to be dropping down to three and a half percent rule I've seen and three percent you know it's a trade off just like anything in life if you're going to use a rule of thumb you're going to have to take the risks involved with that rule of thumb that rule of thumb might not apply to you in all areas so so you have to kind of look within and 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 actually decide is your time so valuable that, you know, you want you'll sell just for the rule of thumb or is your future retirement, is it important enough to you to want to expend a little extra time, move away from those rules of thumb and get a little more insight into what you, you yourself truly need.
4: But it's, that's it's, why I feel like, you know, people say like live within your means. And I'm like, well, is that just like a rule of thumb that doesn't apply to me? I think that might be true. So it's <laughs> just right.
0: letting that one go. <laughs> Who needs that rule of thumb? Live outside your means. Come on, grow a little. Sounds
4: a little too simplistic. I'm going to dig into this further.
0: But it's is actually, it's funny, Paulette, because you and I have talked about this a little bit before, about how sometimes you feel like your goals are a little far away. Does it feel like a rule of thumb will fit or does it make it, the goal more sticky and saving money more sticky if you're building goals that are specific to what you want for yourself?
4: Well, that's really interesting because the very book that that idea of stickiness comes from says simplify, even if it is slightly inaccurate, rather than... Giving all the like is accept this, accept that, blah, 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 like live within your means, except if you, uh, have been diagnosed with stage four cancer and you know, you're only going to live for another three weeks. Like then you can probably go nuts, right? But in general, we all know live within your means and then it is stickier and easier to remember as far as communication goes. But. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and it could be someone saying, like, I have said before when I was at the end of having a corporate job, I'm like, I know I want to be a writer. So I saved just a ton, paid off my student loan debt, and then I let myself go on a three week trip to Thailand and Myanmar. I'm like, I'm taking the dive to be a writer. I don't know if I'll ever have money again. And so I'm just going to do this now, you know? So, you know, I think everyone's in charge of their own life, but those rules of thumb are definitely there to guide us and have lived on for a long time.
0: I just think that those rules of thumb, I'm, I, I think I'm with Len where those rules of thumb make it so much less sticky. Your goal is easier to dump. It's easier to give up. And when the market goes bad, when things mm-hmm. go bad, when things go wrong, if it's not my, my set goal, like I just kind of let it go. I'm like, okay, well,
4: you know, wouldn't you think though, when the market turns, it, it helps you have a bedrock of wisdom rather than your emotions like, you know, you've got to ride it out. Right. And so you're like, okay, here's the rule on when your stocks dip, things like that. I don't know. Like, I think that I can yeah, see both things.
0: No studies show that if I design my own plan for me, that it's much, mm-hmm. like, I, th- I think Don, to your point, isn't that what the Vanguard study is all about is that if you have a plan that's specific to you and your goals, you're much more likely to stick to it. And that's the value the advisor is bringing, like it's often not a tangible, the visor did this, but the advisor often recommended you do nothing, which was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think a plan helps. I mean, we, we just live in an uncertain world. Every day is uncertain for all of us, whether it's markets, taxes, whatever. And I just think a financial plan sets the proactive strategy ahead of time that allows you to not react or react in times of uncertainty and fear. What I love about doing financial planning for clients is that, you know, I'm not like what Paula said, like, I'm not one to just say, save everything for the future. Cause what if it's a short life for all of us? And so we want to be able to live for today and plan for tomorrow. And I think, you know, having a rule of thumb in terms of how I think about it is, you know, like having a set amount of money that you spend on the things that you value the most in your life. And I always tell people uh, they can spend a certain amount of money there without guilt, without shame, without anything. Then being able, a financial plan allows you to do that guilt-free. And then it also allows you to take some of this wasted money that we all waste our money on and apply that towards our goals so we can have a tomorrow as well. But it's a right balance because if you don't have a plan, you don't have goals, you're over or under spending or you're over and under saving as well. And who wants to do that? We got to like, it's all about efficient money.
0: I want to dive into that more, but first we have the most important part of this show, which is our trivia segment yep. coming up next. And uh, this is this is definitely the most important part because of the fact that it's a year-long competition between our normal <laughs> contributors, Len, Paula Pant, who isn't here today. Paulette, you will be playing the part, not of Paula Pant, you're going to be playing the part of OG today. And uh, Dawn, you're going to play the part of Paula Pant from Afford Anything And Dawn, that means there's some good news and some bad news for you. You want the good news first or the bad news?
2: I already know what the bad news is. I go first.
0: No. (laughs) Actually, actually, it is the good news. You go in last because of the bad news, which is that Paula's in last. the (laughs) the score the score in this year-long competition let's see i have it right here it is uh let's see len has 10 og has 10 and a half last week len bridged the gap and paula well behind at six and a half so she's far enough behind don that there's no pressure there is absolutely no pressure so uh as you know we have, uh, well, I think a fun trivia question for you as always today. So let's see what you got. You ready, Doug? God,
1: so many words I had to wait through to get to <laughs> my part. <laughs> words. Hey there, actors. Hey. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And today is National Work Like a Doug Day. I you know what <laughs> you're thinking. Doug, I love the way you work. And to you, I say, it is so difficult, you know, talking. On the microphone and sitting in a comfy chair. But that's why these guys give me all the free Gatorade I can drink. Now, if it were uh, national, let's say, work like Len Day, we'd all be about 25 feet underground, cranking <laughs> out another post, taste testing ice creams or fabric softeners. I don't know why the hell you'd want to taste fabric softeners, but he does that. It's a good job. Don't get me wrong. It's a good job. but probably way too easy for me. Or, you know, if it were like National Paulette Day, Cranking out jokes for me to brilliantly deliver to stacker's ears? Nah, that's that's really not. I think about it. that is way too hard. National Doug Day? Yeah, that is just right. And if it were National Work Like Dawn Day? Whoa, wait a minute! Uh, hey,
0: hey, dude! Before what? you insult our guest, I just want to tell you it's not National Doug Day. It's National Work Like a Dog Day.
1: D O G, not D O. It's D O G. What? Yes. No, I don't need that. I'm pretty sure that they're trying to recognize my. Well, huh. Well, maybe that kind of. All right. Well, okay. So it's National Work Like a Dog Day. It's okay. They're probably saving my day for like later in the year when all the marquee holidays show up, you know, like Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and National Doug Day. I'm, it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. But to celebrate National Work Like a Dog Day, how about this one? Dogs worked like dogs back in january when this year's westminster dog show took place breeds from collies to poodles from across the country ran jumped and preened for probably the biggest prize in all of poochdom and the show is nationally televised to an engaged and enthusiastic audience so how about this question how much money does the winner get for winning the westminster dog show I'll be back with an answer as soon as I go find out why uh, National Dog Day is when it is. It's just it's it's a huge mix up on their part, I'm sure. I'm going to straighten this out.
0: I'm sure just a big, big, big mix up. But the Westminster Dog Show, huge dog show. Uh, uh, Westminster. (laughs) Westminster is a whole different thing, isn't it? You got your East Minister, your West Minister. <laughs> yes, you got all the ministers. Which one's evil? The North Minister. <laughs> yes. North. South, Minister of the North. South Minister. Uh Paulette, you are playing on behalf of Mr. OG, which means that you are going first. So the Westminster dog show. Is that better? Mm-hmm. How much money does the winner take home? All right, let me be OG here for a second. Oh. let's
4: see. I uh <laughs> hate everything and, uh, have no joy in life. So, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, You do that really well. $50,000. $50,000
0: $50, <laughs> is the number. And, uh, Mr. Penzo.
3: I'll be honest. I didn't know they got money. I really didn't. Um, let's say, I think the winner this year was, was a, um, it was a bloodhound. Named trumpet, if I remember correctly. Oh well, we have Cute an expert dog. on our hands. Cute. Dog. I had no idea that they got money. I really didn't. So you I seem no to know thing. every
4: other detail about the situation. I'm really surprised. Len. Well, I just I, hey, I just, just watched blood for, type Len. I,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
4: he prefers the turkey snacks rather than the chicken. Um,
3: let's see, fifty thousand. Gosh, that sounds pretty reasonable, actually.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I'll say a hundred thousand.
0: Hundred thousand dollars. So we got fifty thousand. We got a hundred thousand. Don, what are you thinking? Uh, he just took my answer. So
2: that's the bad news, right? I have to pick a new. Um, no, one one hundred one. One hundred one. Yeah, 99. yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's too laughs> ninety nine. Not too close. That's. Um,
0: She's so I mean, nice. People love They're their so- dogs.
2: People are crazy about their dogs. People spend a lot of money on their dogs. This is how long has this show been around? Give me some more feedback, you
0: guys.
1: 400 years.
0: Um, the, West. <laughs> no, the West. Are we talking about this episode um, of the yeah, podcast? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go right out there. $250,000. $250,000. We've got $50,000. We've got $100,000. We've got two We'd love to tell you who's right, but we don't play that way. We'll be right back. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated All-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads after trying out Monarch myself. I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30 day free trial to try it out. Like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30 day free trial, go to monarch slash Benjamins. That's M O N A R C H M O N E Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30 day free trial. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union lets you experience more from everyday commutes to your next big vacation. The flagship credit card will earn you three times the points on travel so you can get rewarded for wherever you're headed next. Now, remember, stackers, if you're not paying your credit card off in full, you want to do that first. But if you're paying things off, why not reward yourself with three times points? But that's not all. This premium travel card also has Low annual fee of $49 and two times the points on all purchases outside of travel, meaning the rewards don't have to end even when the vacation does. Speaking of rewards, you can get the Navy Federal Auto Loan if you're not able to pay cash for your car and you seriously need that ride to work. And get that new vehicle that's reliable and helps you get where you need to go. Applying's easy. You can do it on their mobile app online or by phone. And it's so fast, you'll get a decision in seconds. So you can save your time to fight with the car dealer. And isn't this crazy what's going on with cars right now? Man, if you have to buy a new car, you want all the help you can get. Navy Federal starts off with great rates on auto loans and their car buying service powered by TrueCar can help you maybe, maybe find a few dollars in fighting with car dealers it is a mess you can shop compare and get upfront pricing on your next new or used car it's definitely a time where you want to dive in and hopefully find your best deal and navy federal can help because at navy federal our members are the mission navy federal is insured by ncua open to the armed forces the dod veterans and their families flagship rates are variable range between 10.74 and 18 percent apr Based on creditworthiness, ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1 at non-Navy Federal ATMs, credit and collateral subject to approval. Message and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information and to apply. Paulette, you kicked off this with $50,000. Sounds like uh, everybody went north of you. Like $50,000 might not be enough. You pretty confident in that one?
4: Never in any of my (laughs) skills or answers or
0: not at all. Len, you doubled up and went with a hundred thousand. What are you thinking? You've watched the dog show apparently. Oh yeah. I love the dog. I love, you know me, Joe. I love, I'm a dog lover. I love dogs. Yeah. Your dog Uh, is awesome.
3: I, I really, I had no idea that they got money. I really didn't. So, you know, I figured they got their money from, you know, they got the prize and then they could breed the dog and that's
0: where they'd get their money that way. But
3: hey, who knows? I think I'm in good shape though. I mean, I've got this huge
0: spread, right? Yeah. That's because so, that, Dawn was so nice to you. Instead of going 101, yes. she went yeah. 250. So Dawn, yeah, you feeling pretty, pretty good? Cool. That's a big dog I just
2: You know, we doubled it the first time, you know, so I just doubled it again. It plus a
0: little more. Plus who cares? More. Add right? on. I, yeah. Yes. Gravy. Yes. Well, one of you's
1: right. Let's see who it is, Doug. Hey there, stackers. I'm personal lover and trained podcast front man, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. I never did tell you what would happen if we had national work like Dawn Day, did I? Well, here's, here's what would happen. More people would align their money and values. That's, that's what would happen. They're aligning their money and their value. There's a lot of alignment happening. I love how Dawn held her breath. As I said that though, she was ready for me to just, anyway, (laughs) I'm not that way, Dawn. It's not me. It's not who I am, but here's the answer we've been waiting for. The Westminster dog show is the biggest dog show in the USA and possibly the world. How much is the prize money to the winner? The winning dog gets awarded lots of ribbons and belly rubs, and oh, he's a good boy. And the owner of the, or the trainer, whoever, they instantly become Instagram famous, but the purse, yeah, not that much. The winner gets exactly zero dollars, oh, making it and OG the winner. <laughs> Len's
3: head
0: just exploded.
1: Oh wow, that's true. I
0: knew the freaking answer. I love Len talking himself out of the right answer. That was, was my favorite part of that. That was fantastic. <laughs> God darn it. Way to you stick really to your gun, Len. That, out. that was
3: a trick. That was a trick. I didn't think they got any money.
0: I got to tell you what was fun was that with uh, Paulette, with you on today's panel, I actually got to write that. And when I wrote it, I had no idea what the answer was because I'm like, oh, they must get a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I was with Dawn, actually, where I'm like, oh, this has got to be, it's the biggest dog show ever. So it's got to yeah, be yeah, a and bajillion it costs a lot of money dollars. to do. Yes. Can you imagine walking out of there with nothing?
2: So does Paulette get the same award that they, the dog
4: show winner gets <laughs> today? is that she, Fame she and fortune. Exactly fame, fame and exposure. Yes. Take that right to Charles Schwab. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I'm a writer I mean, to it. Paula Paula is now Instagram famous for winning that. Yes.
1: All right. I actually just, think she's pretty annoyed that she won because that means she helped out OG and that yes. was not her goal. Yeah, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> no, no now
0: I won't be in trouble with OG. You know, I'm scared of him. Yes, not it. All right. On that note, we got a second half of the show to do. Second half of this show is brought to you by Magnify Money. Don, you know what happens when you go to magnifymoney.com using our link, slash magnify money? No,
2: please tell me. <laughs> <That's>
0: so awesome. <laughs> That's what I need to say every time you ask yes, me that, Joe. I need that enthusiasm, Don. That is, Don's coming back next week just uh, because we need that. (laughs) It's those brick and mortar bank products you use all the time. Your checking accounts, your savings accounts, usually not the best in class. Over 92% of all the stuff online is ranked head to head at Magnify Money. Go to stackybedgemans.com slash money, and you'll see where all the good stuff is. And by the way, those savings accounts paying what? A whopping like 0.5% if you're lucky. Like you're only losing with inflation now, you know, 9%, big deal. Yeah, don't want to keep don't want to keep a lot of money there. Let let's dive into this solving complexity. Don, I think I know where you sit on solving complexity, so I'm going to start Paulette with you. Give us your best advice for solving complexity with your plan when it feels like there's jumbled up stuff going on between your ears with your financial plan. How do you start solving that?
4: I would say really start with your big rocks and make sure that you're focusing on them because you have only so much attention. So if you're looking at like, what are all my logins and blah, 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 blah. And oh, I'm getting all these emails from all these companies. Just make sure that it's like the inverted pyramid in journalism, right? Where you basically like do the, say the important things first. And then if something else has to get cut off, it gets cut off. Right. So make sure you're looking at those really important numbers, your net worth and how that's trending, your savings rate and your, you know, diversification and allotments and, if you from there can diversify more, if you have kind of the time and energy in your life to do that, go for it. But just set up those, not only a structure, but a routine around it, where you're making sure that you have time carved out to do that.
0: I love this idea, Lena, setting out time and setting set time, because I feel like either people are checking it every day, right? Or you're checking it once every never. <laughs>
3: Well I'll tell you that's me right now you know I haven't looked at my I haven't looked at any of my accounts in about uh two months because I know I'm getting my butt kicked with some of my one of some of my stock picks so if you just I don't look it. at it if you so. just
0: don't look at it it'll go away <laughs> well no no
3: no now listen now I know that sounds stupid but if you have a goal right and you have picks and you know your picks are your certain stock picks were picked on based on research in the beginning right i picked them for the right reasons i know they're going to come back what i don't want to do is start looking at that stuff which and it could spook me out and making a stupid move and panicking so i mean there is a method behind the madness now i am going to check my portfolio here in a little bit maybe in a month or two down the road but now you know, so watch it, your face. but when things are going down you don't need something to spook you and make you make a rash decision ahead of time. So I think in that case, looking at things a lot can be very detrimental, especially in this kind of a market that we're in right now, where things are not quite going up like they should be going up.
0: Don, but a lot of times when people are looking at their stuff, number, they come in to see you and they have this jumble in their head, right? They have this, what feels very complex to them, and I remember when I was sitting down, when I was an advisor, I also had an advisor, still have an advisor, but it was funny because we actually did this exercise where I got all of the complexity out. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, we have all this stuff going on. You know what we had going on? We had like four things that were taking up all the space in my head. And once we solved these four mm-hmm. big things it went away, but how do you start working through that with people? Like, it's gotta be frustrating to see people come in and they had like, you know, some of these people I remember in panic mode.
2: Yeah. I mean, they are in panic mode. Um, However, for the people that don't want to look at it, I force them to look at their accounts and they're down a lot less than they think they are because all they're doing is listening to media and, and listening to all the fear on you know whatever they're reading or whatever they're listening to or watching. And so I, I find a couple of things. I find, first of all, the clients are actually pleasantly surprised that they're down less than what they thought they were. I think the other thing is, which is... I just love having this conversation instead of trying to like make the client feel better and say, you know, you're down less. But what we've been doing is actually telling clients to actually put a little bit more into the markets like we know they're coming back. We just don't know if they're coming back in three months or three years from now. That's what I don't know. But what I do know is that there's a major freaking discount right now. And when you have solid picks and you still have, you know, seven plus years before you retire and your portfolio isn't overly aggressive already, like there's an opportunity for people to add. Like We've been adding about 10% of clients' overall portfolios into a bunch of markets.
0: I love that idea because I used to do milestones. So when clients would come in, I'd look at the milestone of to reach this goal, kind of where's the point we need to be at. And if we're behind and it's because of the market and we know that we're just down kind of the way everything else is. We're going to do what we can do, which is we're going to backfill, right? We're going to buy more, exactly what you're talking about. So we're buying when it's low and we're not, you know, getting involved in this fear missing out when everything's super high. I mean, we're seeing that. I think this is the same reason I started buying crypto just recently. I'm like, you know, I mean, this is money I can afford to lose. I'm not putting a ton of money into it. But all the crypto bros that were giving me all this great advice on Instagram are gone. <laughs> like they, are just, <laughs> they are gone. They're out of it. And when I don't have everybody yelling crypto at me and I get it, like it feels like a much, much, I don't know if safer is the right word, but a better time to be purchasing. I like that idea of, of putting in more when it's down. Len, before you retired, were you were you shoveling money in? Oh, my
3: God. (laughs)
0: Hand over fist.
3: Yes. I mean, it it was like, um, you know, the proverbial the toilet paper as it was getting closer to the end. there, my getting closer to retirement. I was putting in more and more and more money as much as I could. I was socking away a ton. So, yeah.
1: How do you use toilet paper? Wait a minute. Huh? What are you doing on the toilet? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I'm talking about the roll. You know, the closer you get to the end of the roll, the faster it goes away, right? Oh, so see how that works? I'm, it speeds up. Speeds I was up.
1: picturing like the plunger, the like the handle on your plunger was well polished because you had to use it so much. That's why I thought. You <laughs> well, it isn't it actually, in the it is.
3: It, mm, that that is well polished. That that is that was well polished. But we won't. That's a different topic. For yeah, different,
4: we could move on at any time. Right, hey. say, I don't <laughs> think <laughs> we need
3: as
0: <laughs> quickly as we want. Don't like the potty. Humor. I don't think we need any. I love of that. the potty humor, Paula. Have you seen you paulette's writing? Have you heard paulette's writing? <laughs> there is a level of euphemism that I
3: enjoy. There might. Hey, be. let me bring up one thing though. So, somebody who's just retired though. So, we're the markets dropped, and now you have a guy like me. I have no more. You know, I don't have a lot of income. Let's put it that way. I don't have the income I had. So it's not like I can just start. You know, like Don was saying, I can't just. Well, now there's great bargains out there. Start sap. You know, snapping up. Mm-hmm. Bar- I can't do that anymore. Right. I've put in everything I'm going to put in. So maybe I asked Don, you know, what do you recommend in that? Because I'm mean, right now I'm not looking. I'm going to, you know, in probably a month I'm going to check my portfolio again. But that's a kind of a weird thing. You know, you just retire. And there goes the market.
2: Well, let me ask you, did you have 100 percent of your money in the market in equities?
3: No, no, it's no diversified. Totally. Okay. Lots of things.
2: So, I mean, that's the thing. So, the unfortunate thing is right now the fixed income is all down too, right? So, that's why advisors always say have enough cash to take care of your needs for a good year. That's easy to say now, (laughs) but when everything's going up and you just have money in cash, then it's not fun either. I mean, it's and I do. And I do. It's really difficult to take, I mean, The thing that can be devastating to your portfolio is pulling out of your portfolio and taking it as income when things are negative. Like that is like you're just locking in losses. So that's really tough. You could take potentially if you don't have any cash, if someone doesn't have any cash left and they have fixed income that's down because fixed income is down almost 10 percent depending on which fixed income market you're looking at. Equities are down. I don't know. Twenty percent depends on what market you're looking at. Um, You know, you can take some security back loans like you can take out a loan against your security. So you don't have to your security. So you don't have to actually physically sell an investment to live or you could get a job at Walmart. I mean, it's your choice, A or B. Hmm.
3: Correct. Correct. And I do. And I have over a year's cash cushion. Plus, I do have some side income coming in as well. But I'm just thinking in addition to people, there's there's other people in the boat I'm in right now. Sure. You know,
4: yeah,
0: that's yeah, well, that good. Yeah. Paulette. Oh,
4: I was just assuming that it was from um Lens Goatee OnlyFans uh was the side income. <laughs> does.
0: Len doesn't even have the OnlyFans page. His goatee does. That's the <laughs> goatee but, fans only. Yeah, goatee fans. <laughs> Lens goatee.com. Yes. Paulette, when you were talking earlier about reducing complexity, uh how much do you rely on apps to do that to get that done to help you reduce complexity?
4: A lot. I mean, as someone, I think with ADHD, you know, we all, we create crazy systems and we have a hard time keeping them up. So that, you know, and I think, you know, there was, a I forget the comedian's name, but she said, she's like, I haven't made it too much, but I'll tell you how much I have made it. She's like, I started auto pay. And like, everyone started cheering, you know, because it's like, we all know how that is. We were like, I can't even do auto pay. So auto pay is huge for me. And yeah, just reminders on your phone to pay things. And I'm definitely a big lover of technology so that we can get the, the repetitive tasks handled and then be creative where we want to be creative and, and use our brains to come up with new solutions or dream bigger for our lives. I do use Betterment right now. I probably, you know, will, I would like to use a human at some point when 1% of my investable income is more than a dollar, but that's in the future, hopefully.
0: Don, Don I want to end with this question from Drew. Who asks about since we should be checking in more than never and we don't want to check it every day? What do you recommend is the right amount of time between check ins on looking at that net worth statement?
2: Net, like overall net worth, once a year. Like looking at your accounts, like analyzing the auto pays and your investments, that's about once a quarter. Um, I think if you do it more than that, you're just creating extra noise in your head.
0: That's really not going to get, it's just going to spiral out of control. It's not worth it. And that noise is the extra complexity that I hate. And I think we'll leave it. I think we'll leave it right there. Let's find out where everybody is at, what you're doing, where you guys live. We'll end with our guest of honor, Don. We'll start with Mr. Penzo. What's going on at Lenpenzo.com, man. Well, um, we look into the best way to give A financial
3: gift. So there's different ways, you know, people want to give financial gifts. There's different ways to do it. And so we look at uh, six or seven different options for how to do
0: that. Awesome. And that's at LenPenzo.com where finer podcasts are distributed. er, uh, Yes. No podcasts uh, here. Blogs are distributed. (laughs) Yes. Paulette, what are you working on besides your brilliant work here? I know you've got an interesting, can you talk about that interesting piece we were talking about today that's Yeah, I have a piece coming out in Vox
4: about trust. I have been pet sitting for about eight months and I'm about to move into a house of my own. Very excited to not be zipping things um, as often as I have been into bags and carrying everything around and worrying about three ounces on airplanes. And we are starting another session of the group coaching Powerhouse Writers, September 7th. So working um, on that, excited to do my second cohort of that program, which helps freelance writers set up the business side of it and um, you know really start to learn sales and marketing and operations and cluster prevention and and how to really maximize their freedom and their earning
0: potential. It's super fun. So important. So many writers I know consider themselves artists and a lot of people in the art community mm-hmm. don't pay enough attention to the bottom line. And uh yeah. you got to be a business person. Stay in business. Uh, yeah. and, and where do people find that? So it's at powerhousewriters.com. powerhousewriters.com. Don Dalby, thanks mm-hmm. for hanging out with us again. We always have Thank so you. much fun when you're here. So what's going on at DonDalby.com? You, yeah, you, you, you know, seem to be everywhere, by the way, lately. I've seen yeah. your like YouTube videos, you're on all kinds of podcasts. You're crazy.
2: Yeah, it's crazy busy right now. Um I here's the thing. As an advisor for the last couple of decades, I realized the clients that I was helping were the clients that already had the million dollar portfolios. And there's so many people that want to grow their portfolios that don't like they're sitting in debt or they're, you know, they have limited amount of money. And so I developed an online platform to help the people that want to grow their portfolios, but they don't have access to a fiduciary CFP advisor. So at DonDelby.com, I have a ton of courses and platforms where they get me live, they get the team, they get to create their own financial plan in a, in a situation that's very private but at super affordable for everyone because i just want everyone to have the the resources that
0: the wealthier people have. Awesome. And that's they just go to dondalby.com. Yes, dondalby.com, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much everybody for hanging out with us. Thank you everybody on uh, YouTube hanging out with us today. If you want to help us make this live, head to uh youtube.com, put stacking Benjamins into the search field and then Hit the subscribe button in the little bell and it'll tell you when we're going live. Cause sometimes, and by the way, and often we don't get started right at five o'clock. We get started maybe about 10 after. So you get a little bell. Nope. Don, <laughs> Don you are not the only one. This is not the first time and it will not be the last that we will show up a little after five o'clock. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for today. Doug, I'm handing over to you, my friend. What should we have learned today?
1: Well, Joe, first, complexity? Avoid it with some fairly easy solutions. By looking at where you need to go first, your investments will reflect just the right amount of complexity. Second, if you design your own means of simplifying how you view your finances, you're much more likely to stick to your plan. But the big lesson... I'm not sure working like a dog is that much better than working like a Doug. I've been trying to lick my butt for like an hour. This stick I've been carrying around tastes like dirt and not the good kind. And Joe's mom yelled at me for digging some very fine holes in the backyard. It's back to working like Doug for me. thanks to dawn dalby for joining us today find out more at DawnDalby.com. that's spelled d-a-w-n-d-a-h-l-b-y dot c-o-m had to help you out with that last part there thanks to len penzo for joining us today you can find len at lenpenzo.com thanks as well to paulette perhatch who helps freelance writers power their words their work and their earning potential her next group coaching program starts September 7th. Find out more at powerhousewriters.com. This show is the property of SP Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is written in part by Paulette Perhatch, who helps writers power their words, their work, their earning potential. We just did this. Find out more at powerhousewriters.com. Paulette got Six a lot of those time r- today. In the one, credits.
4: More, one more time. What, wow. what was it? Power their what? Everybody oh now this Sounds great. <laughs>
1: thanks also to our team who made today possible brooke miller juggles the production of this show handles the show notes and creates our amazing newsletter the 201 you know all while raising a one-year-old tina eichenberg and gertrude smith are our social media mavens not only should you not take advice from these cheese bags don't take advice from people you don't know This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. That's all for me. We'll see you back here on Monday at Stacking Benjamins.
2: So awkward.
3: I'm dying inside. You forgot to mention Paulette Perhatch, by the way, in your
0: closing. Yeah, what
4: about me, guys?
0: <laughs> shout out, a plug here or there, please. I just turned the sound back on for the <laughs> after show. Welcome to the after show. This is the part that doesn't exist. So I missed most of that. Except we didn't talk about Paulette in the credits. We got to make sure we talk about Paulette just a little bit in the credits. Hey, I I thought we'd we would uh, do this in today's after show. I know we talked about like good advice, and we talked about decomplexing things. If that's a word, decomplexing. I don't know. Uh, It is today. It is right now, Doug. It is. But what's some (laughs) advice that you've been given that made stuff more complex, like made your life a ton worse? Like something where you went, yeah, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have, or somebody that uh, second guessed your advice. Oh, Paulette's got one right now.
4: Okay. And mine's not even like, I don't feel even that strongly about it. I would say it's conflicting. So I'm not, it's like, mommy and daddy are fighting because I love them both. I love profit first. I like went to the bank and I opened up all the bank accounts and I was so proud of myself. And then my bookkeeper was like, no, she's like doing all those because you're supposed to basically take each allotment of, let's say you have 5%. Yeah. Let's let's explain um, to everybody
0: before you get too far into this. What So Profit First is a very popular system. Mike Malkowitz, I think is his name, mm, um, uh, created a great series of books, Profit First, where you pay yourself first, right? I mean, financial planners talk about that, pay yourself first.
4: So you essentially open all these different bank accounts and you're like, every time I get paid, I send 5% to my profit account. I send 10% to my operating expenses or whatever. Obviously those numbers could be whatever. And he has formulas for those. I loved the book. I loved the process. And I was so proud that I'd taken the afternoon off and gone to the bank. And then my bookkeeper was like, it will so increase your bookkeeping costs to make all those actual allotments. So what I do is... I have a spreadsheet with all my numbers in them to do allotments. And then I just do it in YNAB. So I just basically have an envelope system within that software. Does that mean that I have overspent and not been able to give myself my profit? Just like Mike said, yes, it also does mean that. So like it feels complex, but I I don't know how to simplify and I don't know what to do. So trying to cut my costs and obviously make more money because that's fun. So that's why I had you guys repeat my plug four times. (laughs) But yeah, other than that, I'm just like I don't know what the right answer
1: is. Do you guys think maybe we can help Paula with her finances? Because she's using this apparently the wine app. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't wine think that's the app, best place for budget. you to be doing budgeting <laughs> in the wine app. She got him confused. She,
0: she kept uh, hearing wine she app. A of wine. She kept hearing wine, wine app. 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 Yes,
4: wine app. You need a budget. Who should sponsor me, by the way? Because I'm not here cheerleading hard.
0: My, does this have to do with wine too? Getting a sponsor? <laughs> like what are we, what are we talking about? It's
1: just the most Honestly, boring with the after complexity, show we Is anyone else, is anyone actually
0: doing well, she's, the profit first? She started this with this huge, with this, uh, I'm not, are you guys doing profit first? Dawn, you doing profit first?
2: Uh, sure. No, no,
4: no. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Like, I don't
1: even know. <laughs> if that's a popular choice. I'll, I'll do, do it. it.
4: That was like a, that was such a vocal asterisk. Yes. Like, uh, yeah,
0: sure. Our friend Kyle says the Care beer app lap, is right? cheaper than the wine app, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the beer app. Yeah. Switch the beer app. That's the, that's the blue collar yeah. version. Speaking of Kyle that. Was so bloated though. But, but that was a very serious. Look, let me tell you the advice I got. I was on the book yeah. tour and I'm going from Omaha to, uh, Des Moines as you do, you know, and and I get, and I get right across the river. I get halfway between these two cities and I stop at this loves truck stop and I walk in and I use the restroom. I was walking back out. I'm not hungry. I'm not thirsty, but there's this huge, huge display of Kit Kats. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Kit Kats are made by angels in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, true story. And they're delicious. They're fantastic. But these aren't just normal Kit Kats. These are king size Kit Kats. Blueberry muffin flavor Kit Kat. Blueberry muffin. Sounds like my money. I love blueberry muffins. I love Kit Kats. King size them both independently. So king size them together like this is great. So I I grab the thing and I'm walking up to the walking up to the register. The dude behind the register, I said, I wasn't going to buy anything, but then I saw blueberry muffin flavored Kit Kats. And the guy goes, and I'm also thinking I'm kind of going to put it back. Right. Even as I'm saying a lot, I'm like, this is absurd. This is Doug. Exactly what you're like. No, I don't, I don't know. Two great tastes that taste great separate. Right. But the dude behind at, at the loves truck stop says he's like, they're phenomenal. These are absolutely (laughs) (laughs) fantastic. And, and I'm, I'm literally like, no, I don't, I don't know. But then the dude goes, he goes, no, they're great. People like rate. I've had them. I don't even like blueberries. I do not like blueberries and these things are fantastic. So I bought it. I took the love's truck stop guy. I took his advice and I bought the blueberry muffin king size Kit Kat. And, and it was horrible. (laughs) It was, it was, it wasn't even a little bad. It was just so bad. It was
1: so like, think about the worst. Oh, it was so is what's the complexity here? Your thought process of deciding whether or not to buy the blueberry. Yes, pit I don't cat? know whether
0: to go. I don't know the complexity of mixing these two tastes together. Like how do you, you know, there's some formula involved. It's going to be and is this going to make my life really better? Is it not going to make my life better? And so I got this bad advice from the Love's Truck Stop guy that I should have. Who would have. have thought Yeah, that a man probably living
4: on prepackaged muffins and rolling taquitos and, would have had bad culinary advice for you? Don't
0: forget Slim Jim's. Slim Jim's. Slim Jim's. Yes. And Ices. Don, advice that made your life similarly. Wait, I'm
4: sorry. Did that have a purpose? But like, what's the lesson for the rest of us, Joe? <laughs> this is, I is want to get to you,
0: Don. It, but... it, it, don't get it. Like, don't buy it. Don't buy it. Len. Don't buy, don't do don't profit buy, first. Don't is buy, don't buy blueberry muffin flavored Kit Kats. I don't know what your lesson is. What's,
1: what's our lesson for Paulette?
2: Buy Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> have
1: have a better story so Joe doesn't get to insert his in the after show. I'm sorry.
4: The quality of my story has nothing to do with Joe's subsequent story. I'm not responsible.
1: You knew Joe. this was coming, girl. I knew Blueberry Kit Kats was coming. You knew, you knew a Joe story was coming. I would stick with Profit I'm on First. I'm podcast.
4: He pays me to be here. I have no choice. <laughs> stick with, <laughs> <stick> with
0: <laughs> Paul. stick with Profit First. Stick with Profit First. Stick with it.
3: You know, Joe, you know, I used to work at a Kit Kat factory. Oh god in Hershey. All right, goodbye. <laughs> no, I, I did. Whoa, there she goes. What'd she do? She just lifted up there. Oh, she, no, but but seriously, I, I did. I used to work at the Kit Kat factory and um, I, I finally had to quit because they they just wouldn't give me a break.